glad that you're uh, here this morning with us. If you uh, weren't able to make the trek and you're listening online or you were serving in kids' church and missed out, we're glad that you're listening online as well. And um, just uh, putting, putting his word in your heart, there's such a value to that. And so that's more than just listening to me speak this morning. It's saying, God, would you talk to me? Because I, I can say some stuff to you and, and it might be, you know, like, well, that was great or well, that, you know, give me a grade afterwards. That was a three, you know, or whatever. But when he talks to you, it just, it does something lifelong in your life. And that's why we expect every, every week that we get together that as our hearts are open to him, he's going to talk to you. So hopefully, hopefully you have your heart open uh, this morning. And um, uh, last week, you know, Gary finished off our series on guardrails. Great, great series. If you, you have a chance, you can listen to the whole thing online. Uh, it, is, it, it, was, uh, it was good for us to go through. And, and again, not to just finish that series, but to, to carry on putting those things in place in our life. And next week, we have uh, somebody coming in to share. So I've got kind of one week in between. And uh, when those weeks happen, you can't really start a series. You can't finish a series because it's already finished. So you just got to do something different. And uh, the last number of weeks... Uh, I've been thinking about something, this, this thing just keeps jumping out at me, and I want to share a little bit about that with you this morning. Um, but I guess maybe i start this way. Have you ever figured, have you ever thought that you had something figured out, and then something happens, and then you realize, I, I, I don't have this figured out. Like, I, I thought I did. I should have. I, I was sure I did. And then something happens that makes you realize, oh, I still, <laughs> there's still some work to be done in that area. Uh, the last number of weeks, it's kind of what's happening for me. It's uh, this word that keeps jumping out. I see it in news articles. I hear it in conversations. And it's, every time I hear it, it's like my attention is drawn to it. I'm like, oh, there it is again. And when that happens to me, I don't know about for you, but when that happens to me, I realize it's more than just coincidence. I begin to realize quicker that uh, he's trying to tell me something. I probably better listen in. And so for this morning, I have to say, I, don't, I haven't got this figured out yet. I'm not like saying, hey, you guys should listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. It's more like he's telling me, saying, hey, you need to listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. And, and you get a chance to listen in on that conversation this morning. And the topic is forgiveness. Forgiveness is not something we, you know, that's brand new. We've talked about it a number of times. Uh, and, and I... <laughs> You know, I thought, man, I, I'm good. Like, I, forgiveness, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have anything. I'm not holding any grudges. I've got nothing, no wrongs or whatever. And, and yet this thing just keeps kind of nudging at me. And I realized that, that I, I had been wronged by a person recently. And uh, I didn't really think of it as unforgiveness. But, but I, I, the, the scenario has been playing over and over and over in my head. I've been having this conversation with myself about this person, and, uh, uh, and it's affecting things. It's affected my mood. It's, uh, it's, affected, my, uh, it's affected my conversations, because once I'm done talking to me about it, and I'm bored with me talking to me about it, I start talking to other people about it, and some of them get on board, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them are like, you know, on my side, and they're like, they, they're, they're, they get as angry as me, maybe even more. Like, my one buddy was like, give me his phone number, and I'll call him. I'm like, uh, I'm not at that spot yet, but you know, I'm like, I, I could see this going, this direction. It's affecting my sleep. And for those of you who know, sleep's very important to me. And so when that starts getting affected, I go, no. And I was like, ah, but is it really unforgiveness? And I had these ways of trying to talk myself out of it that it's it's not. And yet it just kept coming up. I read an article this week, and maybe you did as well. It's the uh, the American missionary. um, His name's John Allen Chow. I'm not sure if I pronounced his name right. I got the first two right, I'm sure. It's just the last one. I'm not sure. But John Allen Chow was reaching out to uh, the Sentinelese people. He's a, he's a missionary reaching out to unreached people. And, 
And so the Sentinelese people live on a, an island called North Sentinel. It's in, uh, it's in India. And they are, they are an uncontacted tribe. They are a group of people who have nothing to do with the outside world and are one of the very few that still have that. And so he had felt on his heart that God loves these people and somehow they've got to know. And their only, their only uh, response to when people show up, whether on purpose or by accident, is they kill them. They shoot them with arrows. And so he's like, you know what, they... they they need to know the good news of Jesus. And so he, he had planned for the last three years on how he would do this. And he was, uh, last week, he went on his uh, trip there and he went to the island. And as he went to the island, he was greeted by a young boy with a bow and arrow. And the kid shot at him with the arrow and it, it hit his waterproof Bible. And so he's like, he jumped it back in the ocean and swam back out to the fishing boat that he had come in on. And, uh, and he fled fled for his life. He's like, you know, I don't know why they're so hostile, but he shouted out to them, my name is John and Jesus loves you. And they don't speak that language, but he, uh, he was trying whatever he could. So then he came back with something that maybe they would understand. He brought some fish, and he brought a scissors, and he brought uh, a football, and he tried to you know, bring some gifts. And uh, so on a second stop there, they uh, sat with him on the beach for a bit. They took the gifts, and then he could see, like he could notice they just became agitated. And so he again hopped in the water and uh, left as they were shooting arrows at him. And then uh, the next day he went back for his third visit, but he didn't even make it to the beach before they had shot him with their arrows, and they killed him. And he gave his life on that beach. And, uh, you know, as Twitter, you can read about this story. Some are super upset at, at him for going. Some think he's an idiot. Some are, like, you know, cheering him on as a martyr. But none of that was really what jumped out at me. It was his response from his family. Um, because the, because the, 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 the India, the government can't charge the Sentinelese people with murder, they charge the seven people, the accomplices who helped get him there, the fishermen whose boat he was on, and some of the friends that, that were there, they arrested them. And, and his family wrote a, a, a statement, and this is what their statement said. Uh, midway through, they said, John loved God. He loved life. He loved helping those in need. And he had nothing but love for the Sentinelese people. We forgive them. Uh, we forgive those reportedly responsible for his death. We forgive them. And then they went one step further and said, and we also ask that you'd forgive the seven other people who you've arrested because he went on his own accord. We ask that you forgive them the debt that you're holding against them and that they would be set free. As of right now, I don't know if they are. This just happened this week. But it was that thing of, you know, we lost a brother and we lost a son and we lost a friend and yet our instant response is, we forgive. I thought, man, that just put things in perspective for me because, wow, this is something so valuable compared to what I've lost. And it's like, and, you know, how I've been wronged. Like, wow, how powerful is that, uh, that, that, that gift of forgiveness? Do, do you ever struggle with forgiveness? No show of hands. It's okay. I knew it was just for me. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a difficult word, though, isn't it? Like, there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of circumstance. And as you think about it, maybe you see faces right now. You know, there's, there's things that pop up, and, you know, we've all been faced with things that hurt us, things that require response. You know, when you look up unforgiveness, there's not really a definition of unforgiveness for most people. There's a story. You talk about unforgiveness, it's not a, it's not a definition. It's a person. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that happened. And so when we're talking about forgiveness, what are we actually talking about? Because it's more than just a word. It's actually the action or process of forgiving someone. It's the action or process of canceling a debt. You don't owe me anymore. You might think you do. I used to think you do, but you don't owe me anymore. To forgive is to stop that feeling on the inside. The feeling that's like, oh, every time you think of them, there's anger, there's resentment. 
You know, it's that their offense, their mistake, their flaw, that it's, it's that I no longer feel angry about that. And that's complicated. It really, it really is. You know, as I went online preparing for this, I'm like, quotes on forgiveness. There's thousands of them. And as I read them, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, that, that's good. That, that's good too. None of them make it any easier. None of them make it any easier to actually forgive. They just, they're just good, good thoughts about forgiveness. But when you live it out, it gets complicated. Why? Because there's, there's questions surrounding it. It's like those thoughts, is it, is it a feeling? Is it internal? Or is forgiveness external? Is it an action? Is it something I need to do? Or is it, is it both? You know, does it mean that, that I got to treat them the same, as, uh, the same as before? As if nothing happened? Is that what forgiveness is? You know, does it mean that what they did was okay? Does it mean that I've got to forget what they did to me? Does it mean that they shouldn't be punished for what they did? What, is, what does forgiveness really mean? And maybe you've had a hard time forgiving others, but I, I think for, for us, and part of what's opened up to me over the last little bit is that for many, it's not so much even just a hard time forgiving other people. There's somebody way closer to you that you have difficulty forgiving, and it's you. I, I, having difficulty forgiving ourselves for some things. Uh, Tuesday night, this became really clear to me. On Tuesday night, we uh, were preparing for our volunteer dinner, and uh, it was the 1920s theme, the Roaring Twenties. And so I'd asked Beth, I'm like, hey, can we use your, the, the, our antique couch, your, your antique couch and chair for this dinner? Because, you know, I promise, I promise nothing will get spilled on it. And so this was, this, this is the couch and the chair that I asked for. Uh, and uh, it was a recently um, gifted to her. And so I was like, you know, I, I promise nothing will get spilled. And so I put it lovingly on the pickup truck and I strapped it in tight. And as I was driving, we left our house, turned over, uh, and there's a train track right near my house. And as I went over the tracks, I looked in the rearview mirror and the couch was no longer in the box. I promised nothing would get spilled on it, but it got spilled out into the road. And so now this was what I saw that night. This is the couch on the train tracks. Yeah, in the dark in pieces, and uh, my heart just sank, and I was like, I was angry, instantly angry. I was angry at the train tracks. I was angry at that dang strap. Then I was angry at me for just not strapping it in there properly, just seething with anger. I was like, oh, you know, how could this possibly happen? I was like, oh, dumb volunteer dinner. I was like, toss that thing back in the, in the thing and drive back, and then I was like, then that anger quickly turned to fear as I realized, <laughs> you guys are real kind, you know? Uh, I, I realized I, I've got I've to tell my wife. I thought the best way is text. She can't, she can't kill me over text. <laughs> so I sent a picture of the couch, and I just like, I am so, so sorry, but don't worry. I, I'm, I'm going to fix it. And she just sent those emojis with the tears running down. I'm like... Um, and then I realized, you know, fear became terror as I realized I've got to bring this back. And I walked into the house and was like, wait a second, my mother-in-law is there and she's the one who bought this couch and gave it to my wife as a gift to go into our new house. And there was a place for it. And I was like, how am I going to tell her? Right. And I, I walked in and I was like, she's like, you're back early. I'm like, yeah, uh, the, the strap. And she's like, the couch. I'm like, the, the couch but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to glue it back together. Like, uh, I, will make it, I will make it right. And, and she's, she kind of looked at me, and there was a little bit of like a, and she's like, she hadn't seen it yet. And she's like, it's okay, it's okay. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's okay. You're, you're okay. And Beth, then I got a text from her. It's like, you know what? It's okay. It's just stuff. I'm like, wow. 
wow, these people are pretty amazing. They just forgave me like instantly. And as I, as I left, um, I realized that they, they had forgiven me, but I just couldn't seem to forgive me. I got back in the truck and I drove, still had to do the dinner, but I came here for starting point that night and I was so angry. Like I just got here and I was glad that Gary was leading starting point that night because it would have been ending point for most of us at that moment. I was like really not just not in a good place. And I I came in here and I was like, I need to get lights for the dinner. And I came up here and they're hanging up here and Charlie already took the ladder. I'm like, oh, that's it. Right. And then June Udell, sweet loving June Udell says to me, hey, Mark, you know, she's like, Bob and I, you know, the, we, Bob and Betty and I, she always says the same thing. Bob and Betty, we haven't gotten in any trouble this week. You'd be proud of us. And I was like, oh, I roll. I'm in this closet. I roll. And then I'm head shaking. I'm just like, and just totally ignore her in front of the whole Bible study group. Some of you were there. You saw, you saw that. I was like, you know, it's just like, it, it affects, you know, my, my connection with other people. This just this feeling of, oh, uh, on me. Uh, and so the next morning, I got to uh, go back to the garage and see the couch in the light. And I was like, oh, sweet. It's magically fixed. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was actually way worse. It's worse than I thought. It's not even fixable. And as I went back in the house, I'm like, oh, I don't even think I can fix the couch. And, and Liz said something just to me. She's like, Mark, just, you know what? Take that couch. That was yesterday. Just toss it in the dump so you don't have to keep walking past it, thinking you're going to make it right when you can't, and just realize that we've forgiven. It's just stuff. Or like, toss it in the dump of forgetfulness. It's like the dump of forgetfulness. That should be in the Bible. <laughs> the dump of forgetfulness. I was like, man, you know what? I, I, I don't know about you, but maybe in the same spot where there's things that, you know, they've been forgiven, and you know up here they've been forgiven, but somewhere here it just still holds and it affects you, and you carry it with you. Um, Jesus was having a conversation in Matthew chapter 18. I want to look at that this morning. If you have got your Bible or it's on your app, just open it up. Matthew chapter 18. Jesus is he's having a he's having like a question answer discussion with the fellas about relationships. You know, just picture Jesus and a bunch of teenage boys talking about relationships. What would it be like if you just listen in? You know, wouldn't it be, it'd be interesting. My, uh, Beth was telling me this week, she was listening into my younger son having, uh, he had some of his friends over, some of them are your kids. I'm pretty sure this was involved with your kids, but they, uh, they, they were sitting there, she's listening in and they're having conversations about relationships and they're like, who would you rather kiss? And they start naming some of your daughters. <laughs> if you have an issue with that, I'll tell you whose other kids it was. And, but I'm like, you know, that's what they, you know, these things, talking about relationships and whatever, but, but it wasn't one of those. Uh, Jesus was talking with his disciples, and he was talking to them about relationships and, you know, who's going to be the greatest? Well, in greatest in relationship, he said, it's about serving other people. And, and he talked about how the, the heart of the Father is like just burning for the people, that one person that's lost. He's like, I love it that you're all in my family. It's a good reminder for us, but there's people that are not yet connected to their Heavenly Father, and his heart beats for them. And maybe you're here this morning, and, that, and that's you. He just incredibly loves you, and he would talk with them about that. Then he teaches them about forgiveness and saying, you know, if you're, at, if you're at odds with a brother, if you're at odds with somebody in the family or even outside the family, he's like, go make it right. And, you know, here's three steps into, to how to make it right, and he talks them through this. And Matthew's taking some notes, and he writes it down, and he writes all this stuff, and then he, he writes in this part. He says, here's what, here's what happens. Peter steps up, Matthew 18. Peter came to him while he's talking about this and says, Lord, Okay, you're talking about forgiveness, but how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? He asked the, problem, uh, the question that we, we would probably be thinking. You know, he's, he asked the question, you know, sometimes just the, the kind of the foot and mouth moments, but it helps us to realize and understand that 
You know, back then they went through stuff like we do. Like when I compare myself to Jesus, it's like epic fail every time. But when I compare myself to them, I'm like, you know what? Those guys are like my kind of people. I, I feel a lot like them sometimes. And it's like th- these kind of questions, you know, when we're talking about forgiveness and he's dropping that in my heart. It's like, okay, yeah, okay. But, but, but I, that's for somebody else. You know, I preached about that already. We, we got, we're good. But he's like, no, it's, it's you. And I'm like, well, what, what, about, what about me? What about me? Peter's asking, you know, for some clarification or some justification, like asking this question, in light, of, in light of my circumstance, Jesus, in light of my circumstance. I know you just talked about forgiveness, but in my circumstance, with what I'm going through, how much forgiveness do I owe people? How much forgiveness do I owe them? And Jesus is listening, and Peter answers the question himself. Seven times? Should I, should I forgive him seven times? You think about that. Why, is he, why does he say seven times? You know, Peter, Peter he's, he's probably like, Jesus, okay, I'm not going to tell you who it is because you probably already know if you're God, you know who it is. This guy, he just keeps, he keeps messing with me. Every day, same thing. He's like, you know, making fun of me. And, and, and Jesus, I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him for a whole week, actually. Seven whole days, I've been like, forgive him. So when do I finally get to just like sock it to him? When do I get to throw him off the fishing boat? When do I get to, like, get even with him? You know, seven days is pretty good. I've been doing pretty good. A whole week's worth of forgiving. Isn't that enough? I think sometimes we can find ourselves in that. I found myself in that place. You know, I'm just kind of like, I haven't lost it on the person. I haven't, like, whatever. Uh, I haven't, haven't tried to get revenge yet. But, but, you know, if they keep on with what they're doing, if they just keep going... That's it. There's going to be a moment where I can't do no more. Maybe it's your spouse for you. Maybe it's a family member who did something. Maybe it was a coworker. Maybe it's your boss. And you're just like, oh, I just don't know how much more I can take. And you hear Jesus talking about forgiveness, but that question's in your head. Okay, that's fine. But what about me? How much? How much do I have to forgive? In Matthew 18, verse 22, Jesus answers Peter's question. Not just seven times, Peter. He replies, but 70 times seven. And we, you know, you've heard this story before if you've been to a kid's church. You know, it sounds like Jesus has given Peter a number. All right, Peter, you want to know how many times? It's 70 times seven. And Peter's like, I'm a fisherman, right? Grab my abacus and look at the sun and see like, how much is 70 times seven, right? And finally, you know, he's just figuring it out. Jesus is like, okay, just waiting. He's like, 490 times, 490 times, but I've already forgiven him seven. That means I only need 483 more times and then look out, you know, Judas, you're getting it. Counting it down and what Jesus is actually saying, it says, Peter, I'm not giving you a number. I'm actually making you aware of something on the inside of you. And when we ask this question, okay, God, how, <laughs> how much am I to forgive this person? He's making us aware of something going on on the inside of us. He's saying, you know, keeping track of, keeping track of how you're doing with forgiveness is actually unforgiveness. You're actually holding a grudge. You're still holding, yeah, I forgave them once, but they're minus one. I forgave them twice, but now they're minus two. I forgave them three times. They're minus three. And he says, you keep track of it. It leads to a persistent feeling of like ill will or resentment to that person resulting from past injuries, you know, or, or offenses. And we have it. Do you, do you ever get to the spot where you just run out of patience for people? Specific people. You, you see them and you're like, I don't want to see them. You see them at the, at the grocery store and you just go the other way. You see them at church and you're like, I'm going to the Saturday night service, right? You're like, 
I know I shouldn't say that, but I have that sometimes. And it's not you. It's the Saturday night people. I'm just kidding. I told them it was you, right? So <laughs> I know as a pastor, I'm probably not supposed to say that. You know, that sometimes you just run out. But what is that? That's because I'm holding yesterday's whatever, bringing it into today. And, you know, he doesn't do that for us. And so as Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, you carry a grudge. You just keep holding on to this. He says, you keep counting. You're actually living in unforgiveness. You're missing the point. And I love that, you know, I love that Jesus, he just has so much grace with Peter even in that moment. Like, if it was me, and the question is, like, Peter comes and asks me, I'd be like saying, like, like Peter, okay, don't you remember? Okay, just go back. Remember when we taught you how to pray? And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. Remember how we taught you there's this line. Father, forgive us our trespasses as? See, you learned the prayer, right? He's like, yeah, okay. And Peter's like, right, forgive. God, forgive me as I forgive others. Okay, yeah, yeah. And maybe you say, Peter, remember the Sermon on the Mount? Remember that famous one? Yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. Remember when we said that if you don't forgive or if you refuse to forgive other people, what would I say then? Oh, that my heavenly father won't forgive me. Yeah, see, I've told you this before. We went over it. And maybe we'd just be like, Peter asked this question, Jesus, how much do I have to forgive? He's like, duh, Peter, I just told you. Like, just go look at Matthew's notes. He just wrote it down the three, seven verses ago. You know, like, how are you even asking this question? That, that'd be me, but not Jesus. He's just like, Peter, good question. Let me tell you a story. And here's the story he tells. And he exaggerates the amounts for effect, but it's a powerful story. And you can follow along verse 23. Matthew 18, verse 23, he says, he says, hey, therefore, the kingdom of heaven. He's like, Peter, in, re- in response to your question of how does forgiveness work in God's way and his thoughts, he's like this. It can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. He says he couldn't pay, as most of us couldn't. So his master ordered that he be sold. Not just him his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and he begged him, please, 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 be patient with me. I don't want to go to jail. I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and and this. He says he released him. He released him and he forgave his debt. Millions of dollars, owed millions of dollars, but he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and he just begged for a little bit more time. Be patient with me. I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. So he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. He pictures his disciples just leaning in and listening. Who does this? He says, when some of the other servants saw it, they were very upset. The disciples were like, yeah, of course. So they went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. And when the king called in the man he'd forgiven, he said, you evil servant. He says, I forgave you that tremendous debt. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. So shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And then for a fact, he finishes it with this saying, then the angry king sent that man to prison to be tortured 
until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you, Peter, if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Just imagine that moment. All the other disciples looking at Peter like, you going to forgive now, Peter? But you really could put your own name in there. You know, Mark, this is, this is what I mean by forgiveness. If you've been forgiven such a tremendous debt, <laughs> shouldn't you have mercy on someone who's wronged you? The question that we should ask is not in light of my situation or circumstance, how much forgiveness do I owe? Not how much do I owe them, but this. In light of how much I've already been forgiven, how can I not forgive other people around me? In light of how much I've been forgiven, how can I not forgive those around me? It's not based on what they've done. It's not based on whether they deserve forgiveness or not. It's based on how much I've been forgiven. In the next verse, it just says that Jesus got up and left. And he leaves Peter to <laughs> sit there and think about that for a bit. He leaves us just to think about that for a little bit. He introduces this idea of limitless forgiveness. That there's just limitless forgiveness. You wrong me? Okay, I forgive. And tomorrow you wrong me again? I forgive. I'll turn the other cheek as many times as necessary. Not because you deserve it. Not because you're not going to do it again. But because I realize something bigger than that. I realize that I have been forgiven. And you're like, that sounds so ideal. Welcome to the real world, Mark. That doesn't work in the real world. And I'm like, amen, I'm with you. But I, as a Jesus follower, don't have the opportunity to be able to take myself out from under this and say, okay, I'll follow you, Jesus, but just not that. So what about me? What about my situation? What about you? What about your situation? I'm reminded that Jesus left us with one command. You want to follow Jesus? He just gave you one command. You know what it is? Love one another as, as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. And then shortly after telling him that, he went and he gave his life for his friends on a cross saying, listen, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Now go do that for one another. For one another. You know, and Jesus went and did it. And, uh, you know, Luke writes down about what it was like being around the cross. He talked to the eyewitnesses. And they said, you know, there's this moment on the cross where Jesus was hanging there that he said these words, Father, Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Like, man, think about that for a minute. Be like Jesus on the cross. Do you think that Jesus on the cross is thinking, Father, forgive Judas. He didn't really realize he was betraying me for 30 pieces of silver. Father, forgive Peter for, for denying me three times. He probably was denying another Jesus that he just didn't know. Father, please forgive, forgive them. You know, the rest of the disciples, they don't realize that they abandoned me right now. Father, forgive the Romans because they must not realize that whips hurt, that thorns hurt, that, you know, that a cross and nails hurt. They, they must not realize that. Father, just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That just sounds preposterous to us. And yet he would say the same thing for us because we don't really realize and we're holding on to unforgiveness and all that stuff. We just don't realize what we're actually doing. He forgave us before we had ever, ever realized we even needed it. Didn't realize, but that we would that we would realize our need for forgiveness. Paul would later write to the, follow, uh, the Jesus followers in Colossae, real place, real town. He was telling them, this is how you live out the one commandment. If you wonder what the New Testament is really all about, 
It's basically Paul and Peter and James and John writing to people who are followers of Jesus saying, this is how you live out the command. Do you want to know what, like, okay, love, love one another as I have loved you. Okay, that's good. Well, here's where it hits the, here's where it hits the road. Here's where it gains attraction. And he says things like this, Colossians 3.13, this is how you love one another. Make allowance for each other's faults. Some, some um, of the translations say, make allowance for one another. Remember that from a command? Love one another. Make allowance for one another's faults. And what? And forgive who? Anyone. Forgive anyone. Anyone who offends you. And that's the word, I put it in yellow for me. Because remember. Why? Because somehow, somehow I know this. I've like preached this to people before. And yet, somehow I, I forget that that's more than, than what's needed. That, that I, I need to li- live that out. That I need to just remember that the Lord has forgiven me and that I am required to forgive others simply because of that. It doesn't matter how much money they owe me. It doesn't matter how I feel wronged. It doesn't matter. I have been forgiven much. And to remember because it's easy to forget. You know, I'm not to forgive because they said they're sorry. I'm not to forgive because they deserve it. They might not. We're not to forgive because, well... It doesn't hurt as much today as it did the day before. I'll forgive them today. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. That's not why we are called to forgive, but simply because we have been forgiven much. That we would just live out our lives as a response to what we've been forgiven. Not, not, not keeping score, not adding it up. And, and it's not easy when you start dealing with real people. But this is what he's saying is my followers you're just going to look real different from everyone else. Why? Simply because you live out forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't as much about them as it is about you. You know, that's why there's a quote by uh, Alexander Pope way back in the day that said, to err, 1711 actually, to err is human, to forgive divine. You know, when people start seeing others who forgive, who just have this limitless forgiveness, that's different. That's different. That, that's, that's Jesus on the planet. It's different. It's what make people stop and think, ah, what do they have that I don't have? I'm just going to ask our worship team to come to the front. You know, to forgive, I love this. Lewis Smead said this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and find out that the prisoner was you. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and find out the prisoner was you. Because when we think, when we forgive, we're letting them off the, we're letting them off the hook, you know. Uh, that that, that they, they, don't have to, they don't have to make up for whatever they did or whatever. We're just letting them get away with it. And he's like, it's not that at all. They were never the prisoner of unforgiveness. But it was you. It says that as you let them go, as you let them go, you find out that the prisoner was you. And so how do we do this? How do we do this? For you this morning, if you're sitting here and you're like me, that as we talk about this, a face comes to mind. Like, ah, man, I thought that that was done with. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I thought that was done with, but no, it's, it's, it's still there. Can I just give you a few thoughts to think about? They're not in any order, but just these four things. Number one, just remember that you've been forgiven much. Just remember you've been forgiven much. Really, once you start comparing you to what Christ has done for you rather than to what others owe you, you realize you've been forgiven much. It's the first step in forgiving others. It's the first step in forgiving you. 
Second is this, just choose to give up the right to hurt them back for hurting you. Just choosing to give up the right to hurt them back. When you have an opportunity, you're like, no, I give up my right to hurt them back for hurting me. I don't deny that they've hurt me. I'm just not going to hurt them back. Forgiveness is often more about your tongue than it is your feelings. Saying, I decide I'm just not going to speak of it negatively anymore. Probably not going to speak of it at all because I'm choosing not to hold unforgiveness towards them. And the last one probably could be the first one is this, pray for them. Pray for them and find ways to do good to them. That's what Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Do good to those who do wrong to you. Pray for them. Where I started this story today, today, I end with this, that going through this difficult scenario in the last little bit for me, I realized that something broke and changed in the inside the second I started praying for him. Because up until that point, I was like, I just want the money. I just want, you know, I just want them to make it right. I just want them to do, to, 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 to own up to what they've done, at least make it right for me. It's what they owe me. And I began to pray for him. And I began to pray, God, I don't think he knows you. Lord, would you help through, even through this situation? Would you work through this situation that he might see you? God, I pray you bless his business. God, I pray that you bless him and his family. I, I pray that his eyes are open to see life the way it really should be lived. And you know what? Something changed. <laughs> A buddy called me the other day. He's like, he's saying, hey, you know what? I'll deal with this for you. And I was like, you know what? We're good. He's like, but you're going to lose all that money. Oh, well. Oh, well. Owen came up last night after the service. He's like, you need to tell them, Mark. Money is replaceable, but friendships aren't. He got it. I hope you do as well. And this morning, you know, normally we just say, let's pray and you're out of here. But I believe that this affects more than me. I just do. And this morning, if you've been sitting here and there's a face or there's a name or there's a situation or there's something that he's dropped in your heart, maybe it's you. Maybe it's for you. You're having a hard time forgiving you. Just want to remind you that you've had an incredible price paid for you. You have been forgiven by the, the, the king of creation, by the God of heaven. You have been forgiven. You have. Maybe, you, maybe today's the first day that you're like, you know what? Uh, I've just never accepted or received that before. I've never been in that spot. But God, if you've forgiven me, I just thought you were angry at me all this time. If you've forgiven me, God, help me to take a step in relationship with you. And if you're a Jesus follower and you're still thinking, you know, you know up here you're forgiven but not here, just a reminder, you have been forgiven. There's a cross that says you've been forgiven. And if Christ has forgiven you, who are you to hold you guilty? He's forgiven you. You're not greater than him to allow yourself to forgive you. And the question today is, what do you have that you might need to toss in the dump of forgetfulness? What do you have that you just need to toss in the dump that the enemy brings up or others bring up or whatever it is, but you're saying, you know what, today, it ends today. I'm tossing that in the dump of forgetfulness. This morning, we're just gonna, we're gonna play a song for you. You can sing along if you know the words, but the moment of this is to just say, you know what, maybe I can't do it right now. I know that there's this person I need to make it right with. Maybe I can't do it right now, but God, between you and me, I'm gonna do that right now in my heart. I'm just gonna set them Set them free, but set me free in the process. Just take a moment to think about this, and when the song's done, we'll dismiss you. By the power of your blood, you have won my innocence.
forgotten all my sin. Now on my heart this word is written, forgiven, forgiven. On my heart this word is written, forgiven, forgiven. No guilt or shame can hold me. I'm covered by your mercy on my heart. This word is written, forgiven, forgiven. Forgiven. By the scars on your feet and nails, every trace of guilt is gone. In your freedom, here I stand. You've renamed me, child of God. Yes, in your freedom.
Thankful for the truth of this this morning. Lord, as we sing those words, I believe it. Pray that you help each and every one of us to know and fully understand and experience just that forgiveness that you've paid for us, the incredible, tremendous debt that you've paid for us. And Father, help us to live that out as we strive to follow you and learn just to love one another and love those around us. God, to forgive, to live in that forgiveness. As we leave this place, God, thank you that we don't leave you. But Holy Spirit, you help each individual walk this out in their individual lives, in their individual scenarios and circumstances. But no matter how difficult it may be, how difficult that may seem, that you are the one who carries us through. God, that we might be able to say that same thing, that by setting a prisoner free, we found out that that prisoner was us. We might live in the freedom of your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for this time together. In your own awesome, wonderful, beautiful, powerful name of prayer. Amen.